God is the God of the universe. God is the God of everybody. And that is what John was referring to when he said that the one that does not love does not know God. But the confidence that you must have in the word of God from within, that deep assurance, heaven is a state of happiness which comes as a result of living a useful life. The heavenly pursuit is usefulness. The heavenly pursuit is love. The wisdom of God, it is universal. It is universal because it does not belong to a certain sect. Amen. How are we? Are we fine? All right. So, um, last week, um, by the direction of the Lord, we started talking about the consecration uh, of the priest or the consecration that is found or supposed to be found in the priesthood. Amen. And the point was that if the Lord has called us and if he has something for us to do, then whatever he's going to do, he's going to do it through us. Amen? He's going to do it through us. If he's going to do it through us, then there must be room in us for the Lord to dwell and for the Lord to function through. There must be room in us. There must be room in us. If there is no room in us, then the fact that we are priests or the fact that we've been called to be priests will become irrelevant because the priest becomes a messenger of God. Amen. The priest becomes a messenger of God. A messenger is no one who has been told something to go and say. A messenger is the one in whom the Lord is and functions through. That's the messenger. So if the Lord can dwell in you and function through you, you're a messenger. Amen. And that is how um, angels are. Angels are messengers. Actually, the, the word translated angel is a messenger. So an angel is one who has space in himself or herself for the Lord. And because of that, the Lord is able to function through that person. Hallelujah. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, he says that since we have these promises, what are the promises? The promises are what we can become, what it is that we have been called to be. In other words, this is what the Lord is calling us unto. So let us cleanse ourselves from filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Let us cleanse ourselves from filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now, this issue of turning away from evil is something that we've been discussing. It's actually the foundation of, it's what Paul called elementary principles of Christ, the elementary principles. These are the foundational principles. They are the foundational principles because um, just as you cannot build a house without a foundation, the Christian faith must pass through this foundation in order for it to be the Christian faith. In other words, if a person wants to 
establish any form of spiritual life, that person ought to have repentance constantly as the foundation of that life. Hallelujah. Turning away from evils, because some of you may feel like we talk about it too much, is because anything that we want to tell you that can, your life can be about becomes the superstructure. Its foundation has to be turning away from evils. If it is not, it is not God you are dealing with. You may be dealing with something, but it's not God. Hallelujah. That's why they are the elementary principles. So when Paul said that we should go on to maturity, he was talking about the fact that there is more. That's why we talk about this is being priest, appreciating God, not in the letter, but in the spirit, not through the natural hearing, but through revelation, appreciating God from that point and being messengers of God, being messengers of God, you see. So you realize that Hebrews chapter 6, Paul, Paul's argument is not that when you talk about people turning away from evil for a while, you move on from there. No. The point is that whatever will be built upon, and it is because if something cannot be built upon it, it is not because God does not want to do it or God does not want to help the person get there. It is rather because it is impossible for anything to be built in spiritual terms, anything to be built without the foundation. So therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. Hallelujah. Of faith towards God. Of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. Wednesday, I was explaining to the pastors that to lay hands on people and to pray for them is a powerful thing, but we should not turn this our church gathering into every time somebody must, a hand must be laid on somebody. It is not because it is not necessary. It is necessary, it helps. Please understand that. But the moment you think that that, be, that is your forever access to God, you are in trouble. Because the idea is to be helped to the point where you can perceive God from within. And if you can see, remember, if you can see truth, you have the power. If you can perceive truth, we learn this. If you can perceive truth, which is the coming of the Spirit of God, truth from within, if you can perceive it, then power comes. You shall receive power. Please understand that. So there is a place in your life that you need hands to be laid upon you. But it should not, you should not think that that is where you are supposed to stop. You are supposed to come to the place. It's been years since hands were laid on me. Amen. <laughs> so how do I survive? You that you think that this is how it must go, how do I survive? You think I've not been catching things. I've been catching things, and there are ways to catch things. Do you understand that? There are ways to catch things. And, but when, when you are now developing, you may not um, know, or you may not, you, that way becomes too difficult to operate. You understand that? So then the praying for you and the laying of hands is supposed to help you. Amen. It's supposed to help you. So we pray for you. Please don't be shy if you want to be prayed for. But my point is that you should be shy if you think that this is how your life will be going forward. Now you should be shy. Do you understand that? 
So in the future, this you should always look for. For instance, as I'm talking, you should catch something and have some power. You understand? That's that's how it works. You should catch something and have, but maybe you can't. No, you get there. So that's what you should be aiming for. No, and then you can make do with we lay hands on you, prophesy to you, and that's powerful. So you make do with that. But that is not what you are aiming at. Amen. Amen. So these are foundational things because they must always be in place for anything spiritual to be built. If they are not in place, spiritual things can, you can't build the superstructure. Hallelujah. You can't build the superstructure. If you want to perceive the spirit of God and the truth that God brings, you need to always have the foundation of repentance and of faith towards God, turning away from evils, turning away from evils. I'm bringing this up. It's actually a slight detour. I'm bringing this up so that you'll be confident about the fact that you always need to turn away from evils. And you should not be tired of hearing it because that is the foundation. Without it, you can't find God. You think you can, but you can't. So some of you, maybe as we teach you about prayer, you want to replace repentance and turning away from the evils you are in. You want to replace it with prayer. I'm sure you've tried it for a while and it doesn't work. You will not find God that way. You may find some emotional feelings, you understand, but you'll be the same. Remember, we don't measure spirituality by some feelings we have. It's the progress. You have to examine your life and see where you are now. So always repentance towards God becomes necessary. Turning away from evil becomes necessary. And you must always pay attention to God because we don't finish. We are not done with that. We are on the spiritual path. So we are not done. We are still moving. Hallelujah. So God will bring things up that you need to repent of. God will bring it up. Then you repent of it. Then you move on. You, you fight it. You'll be tempted with it. You fight it to the end. Hallelujah. You fight it to the end. You fight it to the end. Because you know that that is the foundation. Is that you are going to soar. You are going to fly. But this is how you fly. So when you are fighting evils and turning away from evils, it is not just so that you turn away from them. It is because that is how you fly. And they, all of us, what we want to do is to fly, to operate from the realm of the spirit, to break away from the pool of the earth and to find ourselves operating from the higher plane, which is of God. Hallelujah. And that is why we turn away from evils. Without that, we cannot know God. Blessed are the pure in heart. They shall see God, isn't it? Said, pursue holiness, without which no man can see God. That's the truth. Without which no man can see God. Pursue holiness. Amen. 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 So that's what we've been talking about. But now what I'm trying to do is to be a bit more direct. Because at times the enemy can use the apparent vagueness of the message to still deceive you that this is not what we are talking about. So now I'm being more specific. And now it is to help you appreciate the reason why these evils must be turned away from. Hallelujah. The reason why you must walk in consecration. Now, sanctification, some people say that, oh, you are born again, then you go into sanctification. It's not true. You are sanctified as part of your being born again. Because sanctification is the removal of the evils from you. Hallelujah. And it is when that is done that a new heart can be given. 
So sanctification comes actually before regeneration. Or we can say sanctification is part of regeneration. So when Paul said that this is the will of God for you, even your sanctification, it was not, see, when we program ourselves with some doctrine and we don't want to leave it, then we have to arrange everything to fall in line with it, you see. Meanwhile, that's not what it is. So your sanctification is key. Without sanctification, because sanctification, then, you see, we learn that the Bible talks about Jesus being declared to be the Son of God with power by the Spirit of what? Holiness. The presence of the Spirit of God within you, the Holy Spirit. If the Spirit of God is present within you, it means that some level of holiness has been achieved. Because without that, it is not possible for any man to see God. So that vision, and we know that if the Bible talks about to see God, then it's not physical seeing. It's perception of God, spiritual perception. And its foundation, the foundation of spiritual perception then becomes holiness. Without it, you can't perceive anything. And it is this truth that the spirit of truth brings to us. Hallelujah. Please understand that. Yeah. So we are now looking at how turning away from these things then must result in me being priest. We are linking it so that you have a vision. Because at times we say, turn away from evils. You don't know what, what you are missing. Hallelujah. But now I sense that many of us have some kind of desire to be useful to God, isn't it? Now, with that desire, then you will understand the importance of consecration, the importance of sanctification. Because without sanctification, God cannot be present. And you can't do without the Lord. Especially in working for God, you can't. Because then it is his results that you produce. You can't produce any kind of result. If you want people to be affected, if you want people to change, if you want people to be transformed by the Lord, it is the Lord that will eventually do it, not you. Your nice speaking, your beautiful vocabulary will not do anything. They may even clap for you and say you are wild, but the Lord can move. Hallelujah. Why? It is because you shut yourself away from the Lord through your lack of consecration. The Lord can't move. The Lord can't move through you because you shut the Lord. So if you are looking for results, for instance, I want you to become better people, not by just that you sit here and listen. I'm, I want you to live a certain way out there. That's the reason why we preach to you. you. You must live a certain life outside of here. You see, you must respond to life situations in a certain way. We are trying to change your daily response to life. Please, I hear. Now, that cannot happen if I come and stand here and just talk to you in nice English. It cannot happen. It cannot even happen by me just quoting scripture. God has to function through me. If God has to function through me, then my own consecration is at stake. Hallelujah. Please understand that. And I believe that the uses that God can use you for becomes a very good motivation for you to work in consecration. Remember, Jesus' temptation was a temptation concerning his love for the human race, isn't it? Paul said that for the joy that was set before him, the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. The joy 
that was set before him, he endured the cross. What was the joy? The joy was what he could be to us. Hallelujah. That he may be a merciful and a faithful high priest. That was the joy because that was why the overcoming was necessary so that he could be the captain of our salvation. The captain of our salvation. Hallelujah. In the wilderness when the people murmured against God, the Israelites, they murmured against God. The Bible said that serpent came and started biting them. And the directive that the Lord gave to Moses was that he should take brass, brass, and then use it to make a serpent and put it on a pole so that anyone that looks upon the serpent is saved from the snake bite. Hallelujah. And Jesus referred himself to the serpent and said that as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the Son of Man shall be lifted up. Hallelujah. And there are people that think that to be lifted up was to be crucified because we lift you off the ground to crucify you. No, the lifting up has to do with the raising of the human of the Lord unto divinity. Hallelujah. And that is the reason why it was a serpent that was used because the serpent represents the sensual part of every man. The sensual part, the lowest part. That's how come the serpent moves on the belly. It eats the dust. That's the lowest part of every man. It is the same reason why it was the serpent that beguiled Eve. If you be tempted, you be tempted from your lowest parts. Hallelujah. Your sensual desire, your earthly carnal desires. And that's the serpent. And when God walked the earth, he took on the human and therefore took on the serpent. Hallelujah. But what God did was that he made the serpent brass. And in spiritual things, brass represents good in the natural. Good. Gold is good in the spiritual. Brass is good in the natural. So it means that Jesus took the human and put good inside it. Hallelujah. And that human that Jesus put good inside it now becomes the altar of salvation for those who have been bitten by the serpent. That's those who have succumbed to the things of the flesh and to the carnal desires and the sensual desires of the flesh. Those who have succumbed. If now they will look to Jesus. Hallelujah. Please understand that. Now, what does it mean to look to Jesus? We know it already. To receive his word and to live according to it. Please are you here. So it is this serpent that um, God raises up from the dust. It is this serpent. And every one of us, uh, we have a, a serpent. Hallelujah. Tell anybody you have a serpent. Hallelujah. You don't believe. There's a serpent. You have a serpent. The serpent is the reason why you fall to temptation. Hallelujah. The serpent is the reason why. And that is what is shown in the Garden of Eden with Eve. The serpent came and began to argue. Hallelujah. Just like arguments fly into your head when God has given to you an instruction through the preaching of the word. Amen. Did God really say that you should not eat of this thing? So yes, God said we should not eat of it. In the day that we shall eat of it, we shall surely die. You will not surely die. God knows that when you eat of it, you shall become like him, knowing good from evil. Wow. That is every temptation. Hallelujah. That is every temptation. Or oh, you don't think so? That's every temptation. The argument eventually is against God and what God has told you. It makes God's intentions 
uh, questionable to you. You now question God's intention for giving you the commandment. You somehow think that there is fulfillment to be found outside the commandment of God. And it all starts with the serpent. Hallelujah. It starts with the serpent. It starts with the serpent. And Jesus said that I'll put enmity between the seed of the woman and then the serpent. Wow. And that is what God does in us. When his word comes, there's, an en- there's enmity now between what God is teaching us through his word and what the serpent, which is the lowest part of us, the basest part of us, is trying to do. But Jesus did something to the serpent. He crushed the head of the serpent, isn't it? That's what did the serpent do? The serpent bit the heel of, of, of the Lord. How? Through temptations. But the victory belonged to God because then the Lord crushed the head of the serpent. And that is the brazen serpent or the brass serpent that Moses lifted up in the wilderness. So Jesus said that in the same way, the Son of Man shall be lifted up. Hallelujah. The Son of Man shall be lifted up. The Son of Man shall be lifted up. So the serpent is with all of us. Amen. Amen. The serpent is with all of us. And that is what the Lord wants us to deal with, to overcome. If that is not done, then the Lord cannot come in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord cannot use us. The Lord cannot. So when the serpent, your own serpent must also become brass. Hallelujah. Your own serpent must also become brass. It must be lifted up from the ground. Must be lifted up from the ground. Must be raised from the things that are earthly. Hallelujah. It must be raised from the things that are earthly. Without that, we are in trouble. Ashunibah has the serpent bitten you recently. Are you dying from a serpent bite? Hey, it happens, isn't it? You realize that a venom into your members and it's rising. It's rising. They said, don't let the venom enter your heart. Otherwise, you die, isn't it? So the venom is rising. You see that, no. You, you are becoming weaker and weaker. Hallelujah. What do you think? Wow. And some of us, with the things that we suffer, the habits and the addictions that we suffer, when the serpent bites, we can't be stopped. That bite is like the bite of a dragon. Fire comes out. And Charlie, it's not easy. But the Lord will help us. Hallelujah. Yeah. The Lord will help us. The Lord will help us. The Lord will help us. It is this serpent that we must deal with if we want to work for God. It is this serpent. The serpent will always turn us away. Remember, the tree of life is there, isn't it? And that tree of life is God alive in us. In other words, we live in from God. The serpent will separate us from the tree of life. Hallelujah. The serpent will separate us from the tree of life so that we partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. 
that when we partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what happens? By that very state we have attained, we cannot dwell anymore in the paradise of God. The paradise of God, the garden of God, is the place of divine revelation, where all the verities, the divine verities, the things we, can, we, we must partake of. Hallelujah. And that's why when God formed man, where did God put man? In the garden, isn't it? So every regeneration, every transformation of your heart places you in the garden. The question is, how big is the garden within which you stand now? Maybe it's just, or maybe it's big. Hallelujah. Yeah, so the moment we succumb to the, uh, the serpent, we come out of the garden. We abandon the things that are in the garden. And for us to understand, then there's a principle involved which is revealed in the cherub that is now placed at the entrance of the garden to prevent man from entering the garden. So when man leaves from himself and does his own will and serves his own interests and pursues his own desires and the things that please him, in whichever way and at whichever level, um, the things that we must perceive, the garden of the Lord, the paradise of God is shut to us. Hallelujah. So if Eve, representing your natural part, so there's a sensual part, there's a natural part. If Eve knew that the whole idea is to get you out of the garden, if Eve knew, if it had occurred to her, and that's why we, we should not be ignorant of the devices of the enemy. Remember the enemy, when he comes, he comes like a friend. The enemy doesn't come like an enemy. It hasn't happened before. Hallelujah. The enemy comes as a friend. Why? Because the reason why the enemy can come is because of a desire, an affection for evil that is within you. And that is what the enemy capitalizes on. So when the enemy stirs up that desire, it's like your own desire that you like that is being stirred up. Hallelujah. That's what happens. So the enemy always comes like a friend. You have to see that is the enemy. And when you see it, you know that the enemy is trying to take you away. The enemy is trying to take you away from what God has for you. Amen. So we must always link it to what we could be. What the evil is stopping us from becoming. The usefulness that we cannot serve because of the habits that the enemy has placed us into. Hallelujah. Because of the habits that the enemy has placed us into. It's always like that. It's always like that. So our desire to break away, remember, that I mentioned it to you, when a devil can stir you up in a certain way for you to do something evil, and come another time to stir you up in a certain way for you to do evil. But when it becomes a habit, it means that that devil has come to stay. It means that there is a permanent door, there's a permanent root that has been put in your life, that is a pipe, a conduit from hell um, into your life. That, that 
eminent connection has been established so that hell will exhale into your life. It's permanent now. Hallelujah. That is why it has become a habit. When something is a habit, there is a permanent resident devil. Hallelujah. The a devil or devils have become, you have to understand this. Some of us think that habits are things we have become used to. But every habit has a spirit involved. Whether good or bad, there is a spirit involved. There's a spirit involved. There's a spirit involved. Habits, listen, habits makes you like an animal. A habit. It makes you like an animal. An animal. You see how the animals are? Animals move based on instinct. There is no decision making with animals. It's almost like there is a direct flow from the Lord into animals to make them what they are. Do you understand that? So uh, if a dog runs away from danger, you, per your higher mind, assumes that the dog analyzed the situation and then conclude that he must walk away. No, there is an instinct for preservation installed in the dog. That makes the Lord able to keep the dog away from harm. Please understand that. So animals are instinctive. When habits are established, habits become instinctive. You understand that? Habits become instinctive. Like a simple habit of bathing. You do it without remembering how you took your bath. It's not, okay, I'm coming to wash my hair now. I'm coming to, no, it just flows, okay? That's a basic habit. There's a spirit involved. It's important for you to understand that. Habits are not things that your muscles have become used to. No. There's always a spirit involved. If there's no spirit involved, it means that you are neutral. You are in the middle somewhere. There's always a spirit involved. With our habits, there's always a spirit involved. That's something you must understand. Amen? Amen. So when we talk of evil habits, and in this case, those addictions, you must understand that there's a spirit involved or there are spirits involved. Hallelujah. And so depending on where you are in the addiction, depending on where you are in the addiction, um, the spirits may be few or they may be more. They may be not so strong depending on how far you have gotten into the thing. Ask your neighbor how far. Depending on how far you've gotten into the thing. It's important to appreciate this. Hallelujah. Because we are going to fight them all. Amen. Amen. What do you think? We are going to fight, we push back. Because we want to be useful to God. And you know what? Those devils are only strong to the extent that you love the addiction. Do you understand? Yeah. The more you abandon your love for it, the more their power also grows down. It's important to understand that. So there's a spirit involved. That spirit can be pushed back. I mentioned that on Sunday, last week Sunday. That spirit can be pushed back. Hallelujah. But for you to permanently deal with that spirit, you must go through the period of temptation and overcome in temptation. That's how you permanently deal with the spirit of spirits 
that are involved in your habits. Hallelujah. Now, there is a word that I want to introduce. Circumspection. Circumspection. What is the meaning of circumspection? To be circumspect. You can check. To be circumspect. Circumspection is the quality of being wary and unwilling to take risks. Hallelujah. Did you understand that? Wow. So you are well aware and you are not going to take steps that would jeopardize anything. Cautious. Hmm? Prudently watchful and discreet in the face of danger or risk. Hallelujah. Please understand that. Yeah. That's what it means to be circumspect. You watch out for danger and you are not willing to take this, a step that will land you into trouble. Hallelujah. You watch out for danger and you are not willing to take a step that will land you into So you will not take a step, even if it's the first out of 25 steps, you will not take the first one because you are aware of the danger that is waiting for you. Amen? Amen. You are aware of the danger that is waiting for you. You are aware of the danger that is waiting for you. So you will not take the first step. You will not risk your life. You will not risk your being useful to God. You will not risk you landing yourself in trouble. You will not risk being dominated by this thing. You will not. By just giving an inch. It's like your eye, your eye tear. You understand that? You, you see clearly now and you see the enemy coming from far away. Please understand that. You see the enemy coming from where? Far away. And if we are going to succeed in overcoming these evil habits, we have to learn circumspection. Jesus spoke about it. Do you know? Let's do Matthew chapter 10. Verse 16. Ah, behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus is describing to us the situation of what he seeks to put in us and the surrounding danger. Hallelujah. Now, what he seeks to put in us is the sheep, isn't it? The sheep is the one that is led by the Lord. The one whose heart has been transformed and is in no form, in, in, in no form of rebellion. The, 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 the sheep is the one that complies with God. Hallelujah. And that's where we want to come to, isn't it? Because without such compliance, we cannot be used by God. Without such compliance, we, can, we can't have our own established will and the will of God can function through us. Our will must be bent to God's will. Amen? Behold, I send you forth 
as sheep in the midst of wolves. Now, what are the wolves? The wolves are the things that seek to destroy. Okay, so they are the evils that seek to destroy. Now, you can put it, uh, you can put your own evils connected with the devils or the demons involved. Hallelujah. In other words, hell seeks to destroy the sheep. Amen. Hell seeks to destroy the sheep. Remember, if you are a sheep, then you can be a priest. Hell seeks to destroy the sheep. And hell moves through your own evil affections to try and prevent you from being a sheep. Amen. That's how hell moves. And remember, the wolf is not just something that prevents you. It's something that is aggressive. It's similar to the lion. We learned it. Be sober. Be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, is running around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So the lion and the wolves are similar in their attempt to devour. It is not just a simple, oh, let me just draw you away. No. It's a raging hunger, a raging desire to devour that which God wants to place inside you. Hallelujah. And Jesus wants us to understand the situation. That you are going to be like a sheep in the midst of wolves. Hallelujah. That is how the attempt to impart to you the spiritual life is like. It's like a sheep that is finding itself in the midst of wolves. And the wolves are those things that are raging and attempting to devour the sheep. So he gives an advice or he gives an instruction. Be ye therefore wise as serpent. So two things. So this is how we defeat. In, when we enter into this state where we are wise as serpent and we are harmless as doves, the wolf will not succeed against us. Hallelujah. Please are you here? Said, so be therefore what? Wise as serpent. Wise as serpent. Wise as serpent. Wise as serpent. And see, when you read the harmless, you, you may think that, oh, a dove, a dove will not harm you. No. <laughs> it is to be beyond harm. Some say innocent. Hallelujah. Innocence is one that cannot be tainted. That's innocence. That's why when they charge you with something and you cannot be uh, sent to jail or you cannot be punished for it, it means that they found you innocent. If you can, no harm can come to you. Please understand that. That's the idea of harmless. So two things, the dove and the serpent. What is the dove? What does the dove, the dove represent? The dove represents the inward revelation of truth. Hallelujah. The spirit of God descending like a dove on top of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So the dove is the inward perception of truth. Remember, we learned that when we overcome and we come to the place of faith, which happens when we perceive truth from within, then we are kept away from the evil, isn't it? 
Please are here. We are, we are, they mean that we have come to the place where that evil cannot infest us anymore, isn't it? Now that is to be harmless as a dove. Hallelujah. It means that this is where we must fight to get to. When we get here, we are far above principalities and powers. Hallelujah. When we get here, you see, you say we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Hallelujah. But when we become as harmless as doves, we ascend above all this. That's what it means to be seated with Christ in heavenly places. Hallelujah. That's what it means. Because then the Lord dwells within you. And what the Lord is now is the case from within you. But what does it mean to be as wise as serpent? We now know what the serpent is, isn't it? The serpent is the sensual part. But now, this wise as serpent is a good thing. It means that it is the sensual part as it has been lifted or separated from evil, isn't it? In other words, good has been imparted. It's like the brass serpent. Amen. Now, this brass serpent has with it what we call circumspection. And that circumspection or awareness of impending evil, it carries a certain wisdom that keeps a man away from any form of evil that may destroy. Remember, if the evil is coming, it comes through the serpent, isn't it? When the serpent is now dominated, that serpent becomes a wise serpent and therefore is able to keep you away from any serpent that comes. Please are you here? That is what it means to be wise a serpent. And that's what I want to uh, look at today concerning fighting the evils that seek to hold us down. That wisdom of serpent, that awareness that makes us unwilling to risk anything unwilling to take any step to allow the serpent to bite us. We will not even take a, tea, a, a, a small 0.01 mil of the serpent's venom while convincing ourselves, oh, we can shut it down when we want to. Hallelujah. We will not allow it. So be wise as serpents. See the enemy coming from afar because the enemy will come through the sensual part of you. So beware of the things that stir those parts. Be aware and cut them out. Because that is where the doorway is created. And if you allow the enemy to dwell there, then a permanent door will be established. A permanent door will be established. Be wise, a serpent. Be wise, a serpent. Be wise, 
as serpents. Be wise as serpents. Hallelujah. May the Lord help us so that we will have this appreciation where we stay, we steer clear of anything that would jeopardize our spiritual relationship with God and therefore our ability to be useful to him. Watch. Watch. Be sober. So be wise as the serpent now becomes you being sober and what? Vigilant. Hallelujah. Being sober and vigilant. Last week I mentioned to us how the enemy in their attempt to hinder us and to preempt what God could do through us comes our way a long time even before the Lord comes. And one of the things that catches very young people, so teenagers, some even early teens, it catches, it catches, it's like, it's almost everybody you deal with has that problem. These sexual addictions. So that by the time God meets you, you are already in trouble. Hallelujah. And if you don't rise up to fight it, it becomes that established doorway. No matter how God tries to help you, the enemy will come in and erase everything. And then you'll be back to square one. Send you even deeper. Hallelujah. There are other forms of habits that also hinder us. That we must make up our minds to fight. Hallelujah. The way we dress. Amen. So how does the way I dress? Yes. The way we dress. Amen. I have a vision in my mind where we dress with dignity. Amen. Where none, no body part of yours is for sale. If it's for sale, just cut it up and present it in the market. Hallelujah. Or these days, if you don't have a shop, you post it on Instagram, open a shop on Instagram and sell it there. What do you think? Where am I going? I think we get the sexual addiction part. We get it, isn't it? Sad things, it doesn't need a lot of explanation. When you start talking, everybody knows what you are talking about. Amen. <laughs> but this one, young people that we have come who don't want to dress well, it will hinder you say how okay now let's let's look at it how is, is it that the way you dress can be a sin you know that everything that you do there is a heart that makes you do it isn't it there's an intention that makes you do it if something is a sin it begins as a sin from the intention stage the intention stage hallelujah all right, those that think that not dressing well and showing things is okay. My question is, what is your intention? So my intention is not that people should, <laughs> I was going to say, as I'm walking 
I've exposed myself. Does it mean that you should come and rape me? You understand? Yes, it doesn't mean that you should be raped. Do you understand that? It doesn't. At times, some of you even convince yourself, it doesn't mean that you are saying somebody should come and be messed up. You understand that? So if evil begins from the heart, okay? Now, as you, you are arguing that, oh, you are not asking any man to come after you. You are not trying to look for any man because you even have a beloved. What then are you trying to achieve? As a man, what are you trying to achieve? For many of us, we are trying to look for glory. Glory in the sight of men through what we think we have in the flesh. And for many people, that is how come they dress the way they do. Amen? Amen. Or oh, you don't understand? You will understand. <laughs> your dressing that you bring to church, what is making you care so much about your dressing? What is making you care so much about your dressing? Is it in your attempt to represent God? No. No. You, you, no, that we can say, remove it. So we can agree that it is not in your attempt to represent God. So what or who are you trying to represent here? Who? Yourself? If you are trying to represent God, then you are trying to express God, isn't it? But no, who are you then trying to express? What are you trying to show? If it is not God you are trying to show, then whatever you are trying to show, it is for your glory. When I say glory, to gain honor from it. Honor is not, let me use glory. It is for your glory. So some of you dress for praise, not praise directly, but for people to look at you from afar. And wow. That's where you are, you are looking for glory. For, you are looking for, you are courting people's affection. You are courting people's attention. Hallelujah. You are courting people's, I don't want to say respect, but let me use respect because everybody has what they like. So if they like what you are showing them, they respect you for it. Or you are not in church. Or me, I have not seen well. Oh, and now I. Really, can it be the case that you can dress for such purposes? Yeah. Can dress for such things. So that is where the sin comes in. I may not mention your own, but you get my drift. That is where the sin comes in. Some of you dress because you have shape. You want to show the shape. Why are you so compelled to show the shape? Why? What will we in the world do with your shape? Hallelujah. Now, I know that there's an argument that you are then being a stumbling block to somebody, which is true, okay? But I'm wondering what is wrong with you that makes you think that you want to show your shape. That thing that is wrong with you, 
that makes you want to go in that direction. That is also what is standing in the way. That is the reason why you can't give yourself to God. Because you are already showcasing yourself in a different way. And that is your habit. When you stand up, it is yourself that you want to represent in the best light possible. Not because of God, but for those that are observing. You want to draw the hearts of people to yourself. You want to catch their attention. You want to invite their gaze. Now, I'm sure if they try to even talk to you, you'll be rude to them. But you know that you call them to come and talk to you. What I'm saying is not true. Some of you to dress the way you dress because you don't have shape and you are trying to hide it. You thought that this is a message for those that have shape. <laughs> no. In both cases, it is yourselves that you are trying to represent. It is yourselves that, remember, it's the heart. How can you represent God when this is your thinking? How can you represent God when this is your thinking? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. God will give you money. And you change gradually the things that are in your wardrobe. In Jesus' name. If, put up your, if you know that there are some things in your wardrobe that you know, it doesn't, be, it doesn't fit a priest or a pri one who is a priest, please put up your hand and let me know. If there are things in your wardrobe, you know, that's why if I'm inside it. <laughs> you see, it's as if there's a message for women, right? But it's not. Some of you men, it's your dressing too. You dress also to attract attention. You dress to show yourself in a certain light. And some of you to dress like you are nothing. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But we are something. We are something. Do you understand that? We are something. And spiritual thought must go into how you present yourself. Hallelujah. Spiritual thought must go into how you present yourself. Why do you want to show your breast? Oh, the nipple hasn't shown. Again, why do you want to show the top of your breast? Oh. Maybe I should have just told you this message will come today so that some of you, it will not come to you directly. What do you want to do? What do you want, like, what do you want to do? What are you looking for? Hallelujah. I said, this, this is a serious thing. I've not seen, you see, there are people, you see somebody in some, or Messiah, Holy Ghost film, it's not true. It is not true. That is thing, these are things that Protestants can go along with. I don't think that way. That you dress this way in a provocative way, showing things, and you are filled with the Spirit of God. No, you are filled with something, not the Spirit of God. 
You are filled with the spirit from hell, trying to look for attention from people, trying to present yourself in a place, even in church, in a place that men and women must look at God. When you pass, we must look at you. Hallelujah. And not just in church, everywhere. You're a priest, for God's sake. What, what you, you represent God. You're coming with a word. When you step out, what are you thinking? I'm carrying a word. The Lord God has given to me the tongue of the learned. That I may know, I'm going to meet people. That I may know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. I'm a representative of God. There's a dress code for it. There's dress code for it. There's dress code for it. In the name of looking beautiful, you are looking for attention, and as you wear such things, your heart is constantly shut against God. Your heart is shut. Your heart is shut. You know, and I know, God knows. Your heart is shut. Or you think that what you wear does not affect you. Or it doesn't tell of anything. It does. It does. It does. Hallelujah. Tell them about dress well. So, so what does it mean to dress well? It means dress. Say, I'm not, I'm not going to give you a dress code. I'm saying I've given you your job description. You are supposed to be a priest. You now listen to God. You will know. Some of, we disobey God. Some of, we have disobeyed God uh, concerning our dressing. Now God doesn't speak again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not saying wear slate and kaba. Even though slate and kaba is nice. Isn't it nice? It's nice, but I'm not saying wear. Wear whatever you want to wear. But please... Please, know what you are doing as you dress up. I know what I'm doing when I dress up to come and stand here. And I wear what I wear for a reason. Hallelujah. I wear what I wear for a reason. Hallelujah. I wear what I wear for a reason. There's a reason why, because what I'm doing I must represent God in a certain way. First of all, I must wear something that I can comfortably represent God in. And I must also wear something that will not be a hindrance to the one that will be listening to me. And to me, this is it. That's why I wear kaftan. I like the kaftan. I told the pastors why I like kaftan. Because it's in the middle there of formal. It's like formal, eh? Well, if I say I want to wear jackets, it becomes a problem. The problem is that then how many jackets do I have? I mean, do you understand that? And you know how much jacket costs? So I'll make uh, preaching to God about the number of jackets I must acquire. I don't want that burden. Do you understand that? This is a formal attire you can wear, but it's also at a moderate price. Do you understand? So you can sew a lot of them. Do you understand that? And you move on. So that's why I'm wearing this. What do you think? Is a powerful thing? Yeah. If I get jacket, I wear. But what if all my money can buy one jacket? Then what I can say, hey, the same jacket. 
<laughs> you yourself will be saying the same jacket. Pastor in the brown jacket. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. So you, what are you trying to be? Some of you don't dress well enough. Slippers. So about slippers, no. Slippers does not represent one who is well collected together. Collect yourself. Slippers is... Which slippers? Not the slippers, air bar, sorry. I mean, you can wear slippers when it's a casual move. Do you understand that? But you have to know how to represent God. Amen. So we must watch our dress, you know. Please don't wear just that is your shape. And that's all that you are wearing. Put something over it. Let, if you have shape, let it be under something. In the future, someone will look at it. Hallelujah. What do you think? Or now someone looks at it. And it, it should be enough. You don't need to. And some of you men, when your beloved is just like you are happy, you are also a devil. Why? Because you are working with that beloved who is showing shape. So that others will see that this is what you have eh? and glorify you <laughs> in the earth. I actually think that ah, it should bother the man. But then I realize that no, if the man too is there and the wife is like that or the beloved is like that, do you see? And you are moving together. Everybody say, hey, tell your girl that, oh, tell your wife, tell your, your, your wife, fine, tell your girl, fine. I don't know if we, some of us can get up after church. <laughs> hey! Hmm. And I, uh, but what I'm saying, is it true? Yeah. Do you know that thing? You have to check with their very nice dresses that you will show any of an elegance. Oh, bah. We'll say yes. And Chitrio. And you know, we say, if you can see my bow, you haven't become a yawk, things hanging on you like, like a, this, a scarecrow. No. But you also look nice. You look good in it. Like, it's a former, you are serious. You are not selling body parts. You are selling mental things, spiritual things, mind things. Why is it that people must be drawn to your body? Well, even the Bible says we should not know any man after the flesh. But your packaging is to present you after the flesh. So, it's not anything, it's something. Those that don't dress well, I said dress well. I'm not, you think that maybe it's for some people, it's for all of us. Let's dress well. And those that expose body parts, we don't expose body parts. Amen. If I see him exposing body parts, I won't do anything to you. But I'm telling you what it is. So if the devil has been lying to you as to what this is, and you, you have somehow been convinced that this kind of thing that you do can be separated from your spiritual progress and from um, um, your being a priest, I'm not telling you that it, it, can't, it can't be separated. It cannot be separated. You can't separate it. You can't separate it. 
And some of you, when you even marry, when you are marrying, and I look at how you are going, I say, what, are you on holiday? Are you on holiday? Like your priesthood, you are on break. Yes, I very materialistic. You want to portray, ah. No one has mine, I was a pastor. That's how I was coming. I, somebody saw me, when I was saying, hey, my elder brother, say, hey, what dress is all so, or so. It's the fact that we are, but that's where, that's where we take to everywhere. Like do dogs and everything. It's every, everybody, everybody I do, they, this, I come with a, from a certain angle. That's me, I don't, there's nothing else. We don't put things aside and, and become whatever for, for a season. Amen. Amen. So please, don't dress to show shape. That some of you, you sell dresses for such things. Hey. Business need the guana. Hallelujah. What do you think? Please do yourself fine. Yes, and But know what it is that you are trying to become. Yes, I saw somebody there's a ring in the person's nose. That's insane, we'll see. You see, <laughs> no, you see, no, what I tell you, holiness is not about what we wear, holiness, it's not about what we wear, it's not about anything material, eh, eh, okay, what you are wearing, you know, give me a corresponding spiritual hat that backs it, just back it with something for me to leave you alone, you understand that, but your heart is full of love for the Lord and the neighbor, and your usefulness as a priest, that's what is filling your heart, and then you were moved by the Spirit of God that this way is how we represent God. So, go and pierce your nose. Hallelujah. You, you get my idea. I don't need to say it. Yes. The message is that we must represent God in this way. Hallelujah. We must walk in consecration in our appearance. Amen. We must walk in consecration concerning the, 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 the places we dwell, the, the friendships we keep. Some of us, through association, find ourselves in very dirty corners and when I say dirty, I'm talking about spiritually dirty. Dirty corners and arenas and uncertain dirty platforms. Just because we, we are associated with people. We find ourselves in some quarters, in some rooms. You, some of you came, you are in school, you came with your SHS friends, you are in a room now, but in that room, you are the only one trying to be a Christian. And every day, your feeble attempt. My feeble faith is Oh, your feeble attempt to be a Christian is sucked away by the vexing that comes from such things that occur in your room. 
Ubiane boy than in ten, Ubiane girl than in ten. Now, so say, oh, so yummy. Next semester or next year, you change your room. Oh, they are my friends from, from. You know you are not going to the same place, right? You know you are not heading in the same direction, right? Yes, you came from somewhere, but where are you going? Where they are going and where you are going is not the same. How do you think you will make your journey easy on you if you keep bearing these things that they carry? If you keep having to suffer these things? Some of you conversations you have with your friends, good friends, old friends. It's like for, for, for a season, you stop being a representative of God. And it's a conversation you seem not to have power over. You are drawn into it. When such conversations are going on, and you know nobody who knows you as a spiritual person should come and pass by. You, you just using words and things. But you are the same person that is trying to be a priest. So, but it's not, it is. What makes you want to do it? When you know that this is not who you are trying to be, what makes you want to be? That is what is stopping God from coming in. You fear to stand out. That is what is stopping God from coming in. It becomes your safe haven. That is why God cannot come in. Hallelujah. What do you think? Tell them, clean up your friend list. Your friend list. Your list of friends. Clean them Clean it up. Hallelujah. Yeah. Or, or you think that is, you shouldn't. So if you have, <laughs> you have friends, oh, womanizer friends, wow. You are chatting with them. If you take your WhatsApp chat now, they are on your WhatsApp chatting with them. You're a lady. These are people you are chatting with. Them. Well, they, they like you. They understand. But you too, you say that, me, I don't like you. They understand. So you, you somehow told yourself you will not go in that direction. But why are you chatting with them? They are offering you something that you're enjoying, isn't it? You're, you're enjoying that attention. You're enjoying that. That's why you will not be a priest. That's why. Because that heart, that makes you want to go along that line. That makes you not want to leave this thing and cut it away. That is the same heart that will prevent God from coming in. Hallelujah. It's the same heart. It's the same heart. It's the same heart. It's the same heart. And the Lord wants us to take it seriously. One of the things that we try to do for people who say they want to really serve God and get to know God, when they come up to say it fresh, is that we separate them from some of their friends. It's a no-brainer. It's, like, it's something that you, you have to understand. Well, if you don't want to be awkward, but you have to accept it now. This is who you are. Some things you can't say in my presence. So. You can't say, I won't fight with you, but I won't say something. And then you will see. I'll walk away. I'll say, okay, let's end it. We, we, let's finish this. Okay, let's move on. 
I have people that they wait. They say, Pastor, they are here. kind You can't be here. So, you can't. No, we can't. How can we represent God when we are, we are part of such groups? The evil conversation, evil relationships, it will corrupt good manners, isn't it? So you separate yourself. There are things we separate ourselves from. I don't even, some of you have close friends that are not looking for God. What are they doing in your life? How, how did they become close friends? How did they become close friends? Look, some of us are, are willing to abandon closeness with family members. Yes, Anna. You is just a friend. The friend is not looking for God. He's a close friend. It's not like an acquaintance. I'm not saying don't talk to a person. No, the person you talk to a person, acquaintance, but close friend that you are always like. And the person is not looking for God. It's even awkward when you behave like your spiritual self in, in the presence of such a person. It's awkward. It's very awkward. Some of us are in cliques, and in the clique that we are in, it is so that we can make it in life. We are trying to make it. So we are in those cliques. And those cliques are full of devils. But because we think we must make it in life, we, we want to stay in those cliques. Tell them I've said your case. Said, Pastor has said your case. Yeah. This one, I know I speak to somebody here. It, it, you, so you are tolerating such things because of your desire to be successful materially. No. All those things must go out. He just said, be wise as the serpent. Hallelujah. Anything that will vex your soul, anything that will stand in the way, even in the smallest sense, we go after it. We go after it. Why? Because what we have to do is so important. Now, do you know what happens? The more you cut these things away, and the more you see yourself progressing, it becomes like an addiction. So cutting away also becomes something you begin to enjoy. So least thing you cut away because you know what it will mean. You know. Some of you, I'm sure you have testimonies of things that you cut yourself away from in order to make progress with God. And you see yourself now and you're saying, okay, powerful. It means that the more you cut away from you, the more progress you will make. The more progress you make. Then you come to a place where you just want to cut something away. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's like you are ready. You are not willing to compromise in any way. Because you see what, hey, has the spirit of God filled you before? And you see, hey, this is it. This is what you've been looking for. And God used you in certain ways. Hey, this is it. This is the ultimate. Why will you not then do anything that needs to be done? 
but we must start from somewhere. The starting becomes the difficult part. The starting. And don't, don't negotiate this. Whole. Remember, the, the serpent knows how to negotiate. You shall not surely die. Or even look at this person, look at that person. You don't know where the person is. And you are not God. You, the person who thinks you know God may not even know God. Or may not know God as you think they know God. No negotiation. So I don't have anything to wear. I said, God will give you money. Hallelujah. You buy gradually. Then you discard. You go. So when you go today, you take your dresses and you bring it out. And then you now imagine that you are a priest of God. And then you take one dress, you put it by you. Look at yourself in the mirror. What do you think? Style Sibia. Style Sibia. Abba, your paper. Nina, Yen Shibi. Anayabeshe. Yen Shibi. Show your back. Yen Shibi. You are where you are. You are where you are. They are who say, Where you are then. Because you couldn't show front, you must show back. Show your back. We won't show. We will cut it at a good level where our backs will not show. What do you think? Or if it is show your back, then get an inner now. Eh? So there's inner, so that it can cover that place. Then we move on. Is it? That is. In your set, set point in the CC, I'm not telling you. You don't have a different thing now. So now, just go and get an inner. And wait, they, they, they cut it here. Your, your breath begins from here, and they cut the dress here. See, so it's just your bed getting to the nipple and that hides inside the dress. You see. <laughs> Get an inner, get an inner, go to the market, search for different colors of inner that will match your different and different types. And then you bring it, bring it here. Yes, bring it here. You what are you doing? I'm not, you see, please don't misunderstand. I'm not saying, hey, if you dress like, no, no, no. I'm saying that there is a heart that makes you do that. And you now, if that heart is what you want to use it to serve God, keep it that way. And I can assure you that that heart, you don't use it to be a priest. You don't. You don't. That heart, that wants you to project yourself. That, hey. Ah. No. So you remove them. Of your trousers that you wear, if you wear it, your top must be here. It must come down. Those when we're on campus, those days, the trousers that they wore, it was this then there's a long top over it. So we say, okay, fine. Do you see? But now when you pass through campus, the top is here. <laughs> the top is here. So there's flesh in between the top and the beginning of the trousers. And the trousers too 
is just like another layer of skin of a different color. That's your vision for dressing. No, it can't be. There's a nice way to present yourself. You look, don't you like classy appearance? Like you, you look classy, not sensual or sexual, like classy. I sharp. You understand? Some of you too, you don't dress well. Please, I'm not talking about you. Like you don't dress well. No. You understand? Because that's problematic. Present yourself well. May the Lord help us. May the Lord help us. So what are we? I don't want. I don't want this message to finish. But next week too, I'll come. You understand? I don't want this message to finish, and then nothing change. So let's do to-do list. Yeah, points. Like we talk to. Mama, you say, Pastor, these are the action points from our conversation. So, what are the action points? Just give me one, wherever you are. Give me an action point. And that is good. You're going to rethink what it's so important. Now, that's action point for all of us. Rethink it. Blessing ah, too. <laughs> yes, because that is you going. Where's you going? Hallelujah. That is you going. Everything must be talked. Look, I, I don't want to use some of these examples. Everything, you, it must be done in a certain way so that the work of God will not be hindered. You're a priest. Oh, you're not a priest. Okay, okay. Maybe you want out. <laughs> you want out of this priesthood thing, like, okay, okay, you said you want to be a priest, but you don't. <laughs> it's too much. Ah, uh, look, hey, don't be moved by these devils liberal devils in the world and on, on the movie screen. Don't be moved by them. Don't be gaining their power and nonsense. Don't be moved by them. Some few years ago, to put on Duku was a cake. And people in church fought to remove their Duku. Now, we are back to wearing Duku. The same Devils that convinced you that don't wear duku. You see them now. Now even people on campus are wearing duku. I said, what's a duku? This is your own. You see? People are wearing duku now, like very nice duku. Hallelujah. Huh. Now if you come and meet, even Mama, do you come to the house? She's wearing duku. Have you come to meet her in the house wearing duku before? Yeah, I like it. You see. But before it was like, yeah, kayashi, yeah, kayashi. He said, I was around. I said, duku, yeah. He said, yeah, duku, nice one. I'm sure that there's boutique duku. There's boutique duku now. 
You see? <laughs> so, look at this. Oh. Duku. So, you see how it is? So, you just follow things. You follow things. You follow, those days, they fought. Our time, it was our time that now jeans was becoming tighter and tighter. That's in our part of the world. So, people fought to wear tight jeans. Now, we are back to very loose and bola bola jeans that just can hold your waist. By women, meboa. Now, very loose and jeans are our pump on. But they say, no, they say, hey. <laughs> you see, so some, we fought, people fought to wear tight jeans. Yes, and now people are wearing loose, even not just like, Bull, like it's like if you can have four the four no 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 hallelujah please you understand that so what are you looking for it's just it's just what people say is nice don't let sexual be equivalent to nice for you there's nice that is not sexual for many people, sexual is nice. No. Amen. Amen. So she's going to consider uh, her views on dressing. Why you dress? Uh huh. More to do list. Yes. Good. Have you your dresses? There was allowance given. Call your uh, tailor or your dealer, let them open it. You understand? Let them open it. If they open it and it's still not this thing, then you just pack it somewhere. What else? Yes. To give out some of the dresses that are too tight for you. Okay. Yes. You have to. Rearrange what you call beautiful, okay? Yes! Because the thing we're, we're prompt to with your side, they put your hand The God comes, God comes, but you say, yeah, I will allow. God comes. It's true. If you are trying to work with God small, especially at this point in your life, let's just say it's a good time to talk about this. God comes. You are trying to be different, something new, but you are. When it comes to some of these things, yes, you are being pulled back. So you listen to the problem. They say, don't wear, don't wear. Me, before, when I wake up to go and wear what I want to, I go and my heart is open. I'm looking for what God says I should wear. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So at times I will look at, no. Not this one, not this one, not this one, not this one. I think then even, you know, like any of them is, I think they are even the same. But there's something about it. What else? To-do list. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so what influences you actually even buying them. Hmm. What influences you as you are buying them? Wow. What else? 
Is that right? I'm even going to ask, why is it that it's the females that are talking about the to-do list? Because I spoke about both males and females. Some of you males, if you like, I'll mention you and tell you don't dress well. Or I shouldn't mention you. Males too should have to-do lists. Okay, so more to-do lists. Yes. To represent God. You don't dress to represent yourself, but to represent God. Powerful. Some dress you are when you finish wearing it, it's like you enter chains. Has it happened to you before? Hey. You feel like, hey. You don't wear such things. Okay. Who else? Okay. And test. Yeah, yeah. You take the, though all those places are not for you. Where you are stifled, you can't be a priest. You can't be yourself. You can't talk spiritual. You can't behave spiritual. Those places are not for you. If you must pass there, you will leave. Those places are not. Some of you are into parties, organi- not organized by spiritual people. More often, porté, porté. Yeah, you to such things and drink cups. Hey! Drink cups. May the Lord help us. In Jesus' name. Amen.